0: And a very good morning to you once again. Great to be able to share with you, as always, this incredible and wonderful Word of God. Well, we're going to continue our Bible narratives that we've been dealing with for a while now. And today we are looking at Jacob and the ladder, or Jacob and the stairway, the story that we find in Genesis chapter 27 through Genesis 28. Now I want to ask a question. Have you ever found yourself in a really bad place perhaps by your own decisions or the actions of others even? Well, in today's story, we find Jacob finding himself in a bad place. As the grandson of Abraham and the future patriarch of the 12 tribes of Israel, he was filled with his selfish pursuit uh, of his own gain, as we saw in last week and previous stories. A bit of a summary so far. God had promised Abraham that his seed would be like the dust of the earth. Uh, but the problem was that both he and Sarah were, were barren. Well, Sarah, Sarah was barren and he was really old. And in their old age, Abraham and Sarah miraculously had that son, Isaac. Isaac and his wife, Rebekah had twin sons with Esau being older just by a few moments and Jacob younger as we read previously Jacob grew up the more gentleman and the favorite of his mother Rebekah whereas Rebekah wanted to receive wanted uh, Jacob to receive Abraham's blessing to secure his future so it seemed like there was a bit of bad family dynamics here again that we spoke about last time. And so Rebekah conspires with Jacob to trick his father into giving the blessing instead of Esau. And we see Esau being tricked twice. As a result, Esau's heart was filled with hate and rage as he vowed to kill his brother after their father's death. And we read in Genesis 27:41, Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near, then I will kill my brother Jacob. Well, Rebekah hears about this and makes another plan, yet another plan. And she gets Isaac to send Jacob to look for a wife in Paddan Aram at their family, from their family. So Jacob leaves immediately with his father's blessing for his uncle's home to look for that wife. And I want to pick up the story now in Genesis chapter 28 and just read a few verses to you as we have a look at Jacob's ladder. So when Jacob reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway or a ladder resting on the earth, with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, Yahweh, and He said, "'I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land in which you are lying.'" Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord, Yahweh, is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Liz. Beth-el means house of God. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey, I'm taking and will... I beg your pardon. If God will watch with me, be with me and watch over me on this journey I'm taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I've set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Amazing story here where God reveals himself to Jacob. He sees this this stairway touching earth and heaven and the angels ascending and descending from the throne of God. God promises that God's Jacob's descendants would return to that land, would multiply, and would bless all the people in the earth. And in addition to that, the Lord promised to be with Jacob for the rest of his life. In response to that, Jacob builds that altar and commits his life to following God. So what can we learn from the story from Jacob? Some lessons, and I've got four lessons for you this morning. Lesson number one. We need to encounter God for ourselves. We need to encounter God for ourselves. See, up until now, we only see Isaac and Rebecca's faith, or lack of it, coming through into Jacob's life. Jacob seems to have been working independently of any direct relationship with God. And the lesson is this, we cannot ride on another's faith And even if Jacob's choices led to him running away, it still caused him, fortunately, to have an encounter with God for himself. It was necessary for Jacob to leave to preserve his life, yes, but also to save that godly seed. You see, he may well have fallen like Esau into the trap of marrying Canaanite woman and really complicating the promise of God to Abraham. So God uses the situation to get him away, to get him alone, and to meet with him. Friends, don't be surprised if the Lord leads you to a place of desolation to preserve your life for His eternal purposes and simply to meet with you. You see, we cannot ride on another's experience or on someone else's faith. Man, there's no problem in learning from others. But at the end of the day, it's between God and me. The challenge for me is to run away hard from everything that wants to take me down. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Jacob could have got entangled in that sin. We need to seek him. We need to meet Him in that place of quiet. And the best best way we can do this is in His Word. To quietly meditate upon it. To allow Him to speak to us. Friends, lesson number one. We need to encounter God for ourselves. We cannot ride on the back of the faith of anyone else. Lesson number two. To encounter God, we need to do so in rest. To encounter God, we need to do so in rest. See, deceitfulness and making our own plans takes a hang of a lot of energy. Jacob must have been exhausted from all the stress and energy to pull off what he and his mother had done. There may also have been a sense of regret and shame or even guilt regarding their deception. And then, of course, the huge physical and emotional stress of getting away from his murderous brother. In verse 11 of Genesis 28, the Bible records, When he reached a certain place, later we find out it was the city of Luz, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. See, Jacob needed to rest. And it was in this place of rest that he has his encounter with God. And our lesson is that we need to rest. We need to make sure that we are in a place of rest. And perhaps what we need to do is take a regular stock take of our lives. You see, am I at rest or am I just on the run? Where we get confused is we think running for for God counts as rest. It's not rest. Running for God is not rest. Working and striving and doing all the stuff to earn brownie points is just never enough. God meets us when we understand that we're at rest in Him. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1 says, Therefore, since the promise of entering His rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. I'm talking specifically about our struggle to earn His favor. Verse 9 in Hebrews 4 goes on to say, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from His own work, just as God did from from His. Verse 11, therefore, let us make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following the example of disobedience. The psalmist in uh, Psalm 62 verse 1 says, My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. Friends, Jacob met with God in that place of rest. And that's the place that we're going to meet him to. When we understand that God has done everything that he could possibly do. He's done everything for us to forgive us of our sin. To forgive us of our struggle. To forgive us of our righteousness. To forgive us even of all those good deeds that we ascribe to righteousness sometimes. And we need to meet God in that place of rest. The third lesson for us this morning is that when we encounter God, when we encounter Him, we actually get to know Him. So Jacob goes to sleep and he has this dream, a staircase reaching between the heavens and the earth with the angels running up and down. And at the top he sees Yahweh, the Lord. Verse 13 again, there above it stood the Lord and he said, I am Yahweh, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. Jacob probably knew about the promise of God to his grandfather Abraham, but here he gets to know that God as he reveals himself to Jacob. John 17, 3, Jesus says, now this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Did you get that? Eternal life is not someday in the sweet by and the by. It's in the here and now as we know Him. Jacob got to know God. Remember the story of Jesus and Nathaniel in John 1? Uh Nathanael, we find out, is also known as Bartholomew in the other Gospels. But Philip tells Nathanael that they found the one Moses wrote about, this Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathanael is skeptical. He asks the question, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip says, come and see for yourself. And then in John chapter 1, verse 47, the story goes, When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asks. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. But Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. Then he added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angel of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Here we have a direct reference to Jacob's ladder. Nathaniel, you will get to know me. So the more time, friends, we spend with Him, the more we get to know Him. Lesson number four. When we encounter Him, our commitment will be obvious. When we encounter God, our commitment to Him will be obvious. Genesis chapter 28 from verse 21 again. It says, the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I've set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. There's major commitment here. When Jacob gets to know the Lord, there's major commitment here. Number one, the Lord will be my God, unlike the myriad of Canaanite gods at the time. Number two, the stone will be God's house. It refers to worship. And number three, he's got to give God a tenth of everything that he gets. This isn't a once-off tenth like Abraham and Melchizedek. So we see here a declaration, a real declaration of allegiance matched by an expression of worship and the practical outworking thereof. See, the lesson from Jacob's ladder is that knowing God implies commitment to God. A way to measure our commitment to Him is to look at the fruit that, that, that emanates from our own lives. Is our commitment to Him obvious? See, Jesus said, by their fruit you will recognize them. Good tree, good fruit. Bad tree, bad fruit. When we know Him, our commitment is obvious. We unashamedly declare our allegiance, our worship is clear, and the practical outworking of that commitment is evident. So friends, this morning as I conclude, what does Jacob's stairway or ladder teach us? Number one, we need to encounter God for ourselves. You cannot ride on the faith of your parents or your pastor or your the person that you read their books or anything else, I need to encounter God for myself. Secondly, to encounter God, we need to rest in Him. We need to realize that in Jesus Christ, He has done everything that we need Him to do. And we have to push into that place of rest, to rest in Him. Thirdly, Jacob's ladder teaches us when we encounter Him, we actually get to know Him. That's the time then we really start to get to know Him. Did Jesus not say, if anyone would come after me, he must take up his cross daily and follow me? There's this daily process of getting to know Him when we encounter Him. When we encounter Him in that place of rest, we get to know Him. And fourthly, when we do encounter Him, our commitment becomes obvious. Obvious to ourselves and obviously obvious to those around us. What incredible lessons for us this morning. Let us pray together. Lord, thank You for these lessons from Jacob's ladder, And thank You that even today we know that heaven is open because of Jesus Christ even today, Lord, that we can encounter you, that we can know you, that we can find our rest in you, and that we can be committed to you on a daily basis, knowing that you are our true Savior, our true Lord in all things. We give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Look forward to, God willing, seeing you again next time, where we'll be looking at Jacob again as he looks at taking uh, two wives. Uh, We'll talk about that, God willing, as I said, next time. Bye-bye.